Welcome to episode 15 of Sharing the Magic, a show dedicated to all things Disney. Join us as we explore this magical world. Whether you're a diehard Disney fan or just a casual visitor, this podcast is for anyone who needs a little extra pixie dust. My co-hosts say I'm practically perfect in every way. I am Annie and I'm your host tonight. Before we introduce this week's guest, let's catch up with the rest of the Fab Five. First up, the Goofy Doop himself, Jeff. Hey everyone. My, my audio is probably bad. I don't know. Is it? Your audio sounds not that bad. Is it better? I, I think I'm trying to hook up to it, but we'll see. It's not. Oh, gorge. Well, it's <laughs> nice to see everyone. <laughs> yeah. You sound great, Jeff. All right. You're rocking and rolling there. <laughs> okay. I try. Right. Yes. Next up, she's Rebel Scum and Proud. Tara, Tara, how are you? I am doing great. I'm happy to be back. I've been, you know, away for a little bit, but I'm happy to get back into the action and uh, have some fun with you guys tonight. Great to have you back, Tara. Thank Next you. Next up is everyone's favorite Disney dad, Matt. Matt, what's going on since Disney? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, just the Disney blues, you know, but uh, I'm excited for tonight's episode. Getting to talk to you guys every week about Disney kind of helps with that. So I'm excited to be here. Yes, the Disney depression is real. <laughs> um, and lastly, but certainly not least, we have our ghost host, Barry. Barry, how are you tonight? Doing well, doing well. Ready to talk about this exciting uh, episode. All right. Sounds great. Um, so this week is actually kind of a special week. The first episode of our four-part series about women in Imagineering. Um, WED, as it was once called, wasn't just a boys club. Many women are behind some of our favorite attractions and theming around Walt Disney World and Disneyland and all the parks around the world. Over the next four weeks, we're going to deep dive into these women who created the magic. Each one of us is going to give a little background on these incredible women and the incredible contributions they have made. Um, starting with Barry. Barry's going to talk to us about Dorothea Redmond. All right. Yeah. Um, let's see. She actually uh, had a successful career in uh, the film in industry and began working for WED in 1964. Um, she is known for her skill as a painter and an illustrator. Um, she designed interior and exterior settings in restaurants and shops for New Orleans Square and Disneyland parks. And one such location was a residence above Pirates of the Caribbean for Walt Disney for hosting uh, visiting dignitaries. Um, although the apartment was not uh, done in Walt's lifetime, it is now the location for 21 Royal. And you can see her original drawings as inspirations for the current design. Um, she also has brought some of her artistic um, ambiance throughout the transformation of the Red Wagon Inn restaurant at Disneyland, bringing her eye to what would be later known as the Plaza Inn, a popular location for Walt and notable guests. And she also spent time at Walt Disney World, bringing her visitors to such uh, areas as Fantasyland and Adventureland, and creating... Um, different things throughout the architecture of Main Street. And one of the her main things would be the uh, the archway at Cinderella Castle um, in Walt Disney World. Um, you can actually see her on Main Street. She is um, 
she's on a window with um, another famous uh, imag female Imagineer. Uh, Marty Sklar said about hers, her watercolor sketches were extraordinary uh, placemaking. So that's what I found for Doritha. That's cool. That's cool. I, I like that she did the apartment. I mean, that's such an iconic thing at Disneyland. And somewhat, at, I mean, it's not at Disney World, but I wish it was. Um, I almost kind of wonder what's up there, right? Um, so my leading lady this week is Mary Blair. Um, she is also a watercolor artist, um, but she's one of the better known kind of women in engineering, but not really. I mean, she's mostly was an artist and an animator. Um, but you've definitely heard of her if you've been on her fever gym of a ride. Um, it's a small world that she made for the 1964, uh, 65 World's Fair and now lives in every uh, Walt Disney Park around the world. Um, she was uh, originally a little Oklahoma girly and was born in 1911. Um, she's an extraordinary artist with a very distinct style, a lot of bright colors, watercolors, um, almost very like geometric and angular, I feel like. Um, she began her career as an animator actually for Metro Golden Mayor, um, MGM, <laughs> as it was. Um, and then actually left to join her husband at Ub Iwerk Studio, who if you have never heard of Ub, he's the one that helped develop Mickey Mouse with Walt Disney. Um, so it's no surprise that then she moved on to Disney Studios after that. Um, and she helped make movies like Dumbo, Cinderella, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Three Caballeros, etc. Um, her distinct style also inspired the 50th anniversary nighttime spectacular in uh, Magic Kingdom Enchantment. Um, you kind of saw like the silhouettes and the bright colors um, kind of play into that. So even that, though that wasn't her making it, um, it is her touch on on what is Disney to us today. Um, but the biggest thing that you can also see besides Small World is going to be the big um, mural in the contemporary. Um, that big 90-foot pillar in the middle of contemporary is filled with her um, mosaic mural, which is just amazing. Um, but something I learned today when I was kind of researching her is she did actually design parts of the ride for the Mexico Pavilion. Um, it wasn't three caballeros at the time, even though she did actually work on that movie. Um, but um, unfortunately, she never got to see it because she did die in the, I think, the 70s. I think it was like 78 at the age of 66, um, which kind of sucks. But she's really cool. Definitely look her up if you haven't heard of her. Um, next up, I'm going to turn it over to Matt, who has Leota Tombs. Yes, Leota Tombs. So... You know, we saw the list of some of the, the female Imagineers that we were going to be talking about tonight. And, you know, even some of the, the, the modern uh, women who are in those roles today that we're going to be talking about in the next couple episodes. But when I saw that you gave me Leota, I was kind of excited because every everyone we're talking about has been like an essential part of Disney. Right. They've all given us these uh, extremely important contributions to something that we all love. So it's not like we can really say one's better than the other. But for me, Leota Tombs holds like a little bit of a special place because after Pirates, my son's other favorite ride that he always wants to go on is the Haunted Mansion. And as soon as you hear Leota Tombs, right, it's, it's amazing because the name fits so nicely. But we think of... Um, 
we think of Madame Leota, right, who she is named after, and she is the face, but then you get the name Tombs as well, which fits well with the genre of the ride. But she, to me, is a, a pretty fascinating woman. Uh, she started at a young age in Disney, uh, working in, like, the ink and paint department. She moved over to animation, and that's where she met her future husband, Harvey Toombs, who was one of the lead animators at the time. He did a bunch of movies like Dumbo and Lady and the Tramp and things like that. Um, so that's where we get the Toombs name from, which is kind of cool. And she actually left Disney for a while to raise their two kids. We can kind of talk about one of them in a, in a little bit. But she comes back to Disney uh, like in the early 60s, and that's where she goes to wed. And she's one of the earliest female Imagineers uh, at that time. She's involved in tons of the Disneyland um, attractions. So she was working with a lot of the other women who we're going to talk about, like Harriet Burns and Joyce Carlson and people like that. Um, and Walt had her work on some of the those early projects for the 1964 World's Fair, right? So she was involved with creating It's a Small World and Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, two of like the really big attractions that we, that Disney was known for at that time. So her stamp is on there and, you know, she does a lot of other things in Disneyland. She worked on like pirates again, right? My son's favorite. So it's kind of cool. She did that too. Uh, Tiki room, country bear jamboree. She has like little bits and all of those, but she's definitely most famous or most well-known probably for the haunted mansion. And it's a shame because not just female Imagineers, but I feel like all Imagineers, but definitely female as well. You don't usually get to see them, right? The few lucky ones might have their name on a window on Main Street, or if you're into Disney history, you might know them, but you don't actually get to see them. But Leota, you do get to see, right? So every time you go on the Haunted Mansion, which millions of people go on every year, you see her in the crystal ball, right? They actually ended up using her face as the model for Madame Leota in that scene. Originally, it was supposed to go to another actress, but when they were they were testing the technology, they liked the way her face lined up with the model that they had. So they ended up using her face. They didn't use her voice. She did do some recordings for it, but they said she had too much of like a high-pitched voice. It wasn't spooky enough. So they had um, another actress... Uh, Eleanor Audley, I think, who is like, she did like um, Lady Tremaine and Maleficent. She had like some of like that more evil voice. That's the voice that you hear. But they did kind of want to recognize Leota a little bit. So they did um, continue to use her voice for what they call Little Leota. So at the end of the ride, when you see the little bride that says like, hurry back, and it's a little bit more high pitched, that is actually Leota Toombs' voice. So I thought that was kind of nice that they they kept that in there. And, you know, that is what she is more most famous for. But she didn't just do that and then, like, kind of stop. Uh, in the early 70s, she moved to Orlando in Florida. So she was able to help with some of the stuff at Walt Disney World there. She did go back to Disneyland in the late 70s. So she kind of hopped back and forth between the two parks there, where she was, like, a trainer for some of the up-and-coming Imagineers. And the cool thing is one of those people was her own daughter, uh, Kim Irvine, who is a, a great female Imagineer, just Imagineer in general, uh, on her in her own right. And, you know, we might talk about this maybe in another episode or something. But uh, for those of you that are lucky enough to have been to Disneyland, because I've never been there uh, at 
Christmas time, they do the the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay of the Haunted Mansion, and they wanted some new material, I guess, for the Madame Leota figure. And, of course, they couldn't use Leota Tombs because she had passed away to do that. But her daughter, Kim, her face was so close to her mom's that she was actually able to do some of that recording for that overlay. So they both get to share that, which I, I thought was was really neat. You know, that's awesome. We love, love, love Leota Tombs. Um, next up, we have Tara. Tara's going to talk about another leading lady in Imagineering. Tara has Alice Davis. Yes, I do. Alice Davis, she's one of the original designing women. Um, She was born in Ascalon, California in 1929. She made a career costuming, um, designing animated figures for many Disney attractions, such as It's a Small World and Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, She ended up in 1947. She received a scholarship, just some fun facts that I read, um, to attend Schoenard Art Institute. And this is a place where many other Disney artists did train. And she was also one of a very few women who did attend that year. She launched her career after graduating as a designer at Vogue and Lingerie House in Los Angeles. So she was an underwear uh, lingerie designer um, in the beginning. That is where she met her husband, also Disney Imagineer Mark Davis. One day, Alice then received a phone call from her what would be her future husband, Mark. And he had asked her to costume design uh, for a live action reference footage that was going to be used as inspiration for the animation for Briar Rose from the movie, um, the Disney movie, uh, Sleeping Beauty. So in 1962, after that gig, she decided to pursue a career in Disney Imagineering. She later contributed her skills to the attractions. It's a small world where she researched and designed over 150 detailed costumes for the animatronics on the ride. She also later designed costumes for Pirates of the Caribbean ride as well. So all in all, she's a she's a remarkable woman who's done incredible things for Walt Disney World. And, you know, sadly, she passed away, I believe it was last year. She's also a Disney legend. So her legacy will continue to live, live on throughout the parks. And she's just amazing. I can't believe she just died last year. That's yeah, it was crazy. last year. I just don't know what month it was, but it was last year. She was 93. Yeah, so I mean, she, she had to be yeah. up there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. Like, it's yeah, crazy and she, for, yeah, like, people she, that knew Walt still kind of be mm-hmm. yeah, she was it along. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Last up, we have Jeff. Jeff is going to talk about Harriet Burns. He's there. I am. I am. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, no, but I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do okay. something because y'all have amazing facts about all these people but i you know i'm i'm not like this so i i you know i if you want to go i think that's wonderful recounting the the accomplishments the but you know i'm more i'm a little i'm wired a little i'm a little i'm the crazy uncle i'm i'm wired a little bit different um so and i have unfortunately I have somebody who is probably one of the most, and, and I will die on this hill, um, one of the, the, the most amazing, amazing people we could talk about, which was Harriet Burns. Okay. So if you want to go read Wikipedia and, and, and you know, the first Disney, you know, she's got tons of accomplishments. What I would much rather do in this situation is 
is um, not not to talk too much, but to ask and questions. Because when I'm reading her story, there are these little things that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking, what does that mean? What does it mean that she was the first this? What does it mean that she was the first that? And and I feel as if it, it, it's sort of this way when you when you go read a snapshot of somebody. Sometimes you have more questions than you know, than when you when you finish than what I mean. I have tons of questions, and you know, Jeff, uh, we call you the goofy dupe, but I feel like you're really the Confucius dupe. <laughs> well, I, you're into Mister Deep Meaning. So I'm gonna open it up. That's a great Annie. Great, you're right. You're right. Um, but I have some questions, and I I want to open this this thing up. I, I want to know, you know, okay, here we go. I'm, I'm scrolling down. Um, my goodness, hold on. Okay, after growing, growing up in Texas, Harriet earned her undergrad at SMU. Okay, I know that place. Uh, attending graduate school at the University of New Mexico, which I attended that same place. Oh. Uh, for anyone who cares. Uh <laughs> Uh, once, I signed you the right girl. <laughs> I think you did. I think you did. That's why I'm I'm a little bit uh, you know, you feel that I, connection to her. I do. I really do. And this is why I I know when I'm out of place. I feel I feel too <laughs> stupid to uh to comment and to have you know good opinions about her because man that would take me a long time. So what do you all? Let me just say this before I start. What do you all know about her? Have you have you? Has anyone else here done a gone down that that deep dive of of Harriet Burns? So one of the things that I really liked about Harriet, and actually, if um, our listeners go back to our previous episode where we were doing the the Chat GPT ranking of Imagineers, we did discuss Harriet, and I brought this up. I, yeah, I remember. As, I remember that. Right. So, as a history teacher, right, I always imagine her as um, Rosie the Riveter. So, if, for those of you who are familiar with the World War One, World War Two era, when women were going into the factories, you know, and she's got the bandana with the the rolled up sleeve, making the you know she's flexing like we can do this, we can work, yeah. and we can do what men do. That's like what Harriet was. She's the first female Imagineer, which is a big step on its own, but he wanted to like just be there and do everything that not that the guys were doing, but what Imagineers do, right? She's like, I'm not right. any different. I'm an Imagineer. So she would go and she'd be welding and she'd have power tools and she'd help got hands on. But the interesting thing about Harriet, and this is probably part her personality, part, you know, the era she, she did go um, or she was she was kind of known as the best dressed Imagineer because well, yeah. she always made sure she was still wearing a dress. She had you know, her high heels, the color. She was called the first lady, the first lady. Right, uh, right. Yeah. So it's amazing to me to imagine, you know, to to have that image in my head of Harriet, the only woman on like in the middle of this big Imagineering factory where they're building something. And, you know, you have all these dudes around with power tools and then she's in her dress but she's got a power tool in her hands and she's doing the same exact thing so that was always the thing you know she did tons of stuff 
like individual accomplishments and projects. But I feel like that just kind of captures her personality overall. And that's what always stuck with me. And that's that's better than I could say. So, Tara, what do you think? I just think, she, you know, I mean, she's worked on some of my favorite rides, too, like I mean, and attractions like you see that she's, you know, the Enchanted Tiki Room. She <laughs> she applied individual feathers to all the animatronic birds like that's pretty cool. Um, right. She also designed the models of the Matterhorn bobsleds, which I love that ride as well. I wish I I, w- I wish she was alive today so I could meet her or I could try time to meet her. I wish she was on this. I know. I mean, I wish she was on this here podcast. Eddie, what do you think? What do you, what, what message do you think um, in her life? Like if you could, I, I mean, we're, you all know about, I mentioned a name like that. I think it's clear. You all, you all know, you know, Harriet Burns, you all know. So Annie, what, it, what, what sort of life, I don't know, life lesson, what, what thing from her life do you think is important to hear to especially like girls, young girls, women, like even yourself? Like what is there something from her story? I, I have this this um, line. It's called story shapes life. Story shapes life. Line. <laughs> that's my that's my that line. Is your line. That, that and on. the other one you love is I'm an everything's non-binary. Well. I'm predictable. You're darn you're gosh gosh darn right. But um, I think but going think? off your off your thing there is we were talking about how she's the best dress. We talked about how she's wearing color corded dresses, high heels and gloves while welding and lathing and doing models and using sanders. Um and like I just think as women, especially still in the workplace, we kind of get almost pushed to the side a little bit especially if you're in a very male dominated um industry like you know people don't always trust that a woman knows what she's really talking about even though she might know more than joe schmo next to her um so i can only imagine being Uh, being back in the 50s when it was 10 times worse than that oh yeah and it was a woman belongs in the kitchen and the house and her just going out every day, prim and pro- polished to go weld. <laughs> like, right. You know, like that, that yeah, is. A, yeah, that baffles me. You know, like right. that, that is like, if if you, if Harriet could make it <laughs> through the day, um, you can too. Like, you know, it's, it's very much like anything's possible. You just have to show the men that you can do it, you know? All right. So here's another question and I'm going to end on this question but i it, once again it's, it's an open-ended question it's what the heck did she do to win what was it in her own personality her own um i don't know her mental fortitude whatever it was like what was it that won over walt that if if and i i say if but it is true like she was in a world like if you think of a story her and you think of world building the world, the world that she lived in was a patriarchal spot. It was a place where she was marginalized. She's on the margins. So what besides, you know, besides being attractive or whatever it was, what do you think internally for her, like won the heart of, of Walt won the heart of like people around her other than, yeah, she, she, 
definitely like you can you can talk about externals yeah she wore a dress and so she was classically she played by the rules but then she had this inner strength i get that that's cool but what else what else did she have that that just won the the hearts of the people around her where she was like you know she was she broke through in a world in a you know in a world that that wasn't an option, you know? What do y'all think? I, I think well, two things. I think, yeah, sure. one, to give credit to Walt, he always kind of gave women a, chan- women a chance. You know, he had the ink and paint shop that was primarily women. You know, he didn't discredit that women couldn't do things. Um, like, very early on in Walt Disney Studios, there was women involved. So I think that alone helped her immensely. But I think her... Uh, when you have the talent and you can back up your words with that talent and your know-how people can't refute you. I don't think, I don't think she was scared of anything. And that's probably what attracted Walt to her because she didn't have the fear, you know, of looking different in front of all the men. Yeah. So I felt like just her, yeah. Like she didn't fear anyone. And I think that's what attracted, like she was just this bold woman who just, you know, she was herself. She didn't have to change who she was in front of all these men and these other people she yeah. was working with. And she and he probably liked that and looked at that as like good leadership. I love the word pr- presumptuous. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite words. Annie, like sometimes Annie's like Jeff likes these words and he's like, but presumptuousness. I don't know if that's a word, but that's one of my words that I, I'm going to make a Jeff dictionary. <laughs> Just say sayings and phrases and words. I just make half of these <laughs> words up. I don't know. But presumptuousness is what I would say. Maybe that's what it was. She maybe she went in there with her dress and she went in there with her blowtorch. Hannah and I don't have kids. Oh man, if I ever have kids, I'll be like, I'm gonna make her, I'm gonna make this is the person you gotta mo- model your I'm gonna be not only. Well, I like uh, it's sort of these these stories that I would love to um, share if I have ever have these stories of strength that I want to share with if I ever have a daughter or or a son. I don't care, but these are still stories of strength that I think are are worth slowing it down, talking mm-hmm. about it. Why are these meaningful? What was it in her story? That's why I didn't feel qualified to talk about this tonight is because, um, boy, like to, to just to see the like her accomplishments, like it's, it's not something you can just, you know, brush over. It's, it's worth slowing down. It's worth talking about. And so thank you. Thank you all for, yeah. you know. Jeff, let's yeah. be honest, too. Are you going to share her your burn story? Yes, but we all know Goofy is going to be the first one you share with the oh, child. Goofy <laughs> will always be my, like, Annie knows me. It, this is, people think uh, Goofy is his father because he'll hear you. <laughs> no, like, Goofy is the answer. Like, it's, it's sort of, if you're in, like, Sunday school, it's like, kids are like, what's the answer? Jesus. To me, it's Goofy. It's Goofy. Correct. It's like, Goofy. I'm like, Goofy, St. Bill. <laughs> Who built the pyramids? Goofy. I'm like, well, in my mind, you're not wrong. I can. <laughs> uh, Barry, who was the woman who you spoke about? Um, I spoke on Doretha Redman. 
she worked on different things like uh, the Plaza Inn. Um, she also worked with watercolor sketches for Fantasyland and Adventureland. But you know her for her uh, the mur the mural in the the walkway at Cinderella Castle. Right. Oh, that was her. Oh yeah. wow. That's I think that's such an underrated yeah. area. I, and I get it. You know, sometimes it's it's not open. You can't actually get to it. And then when and again, I've never been to Disneyland, and I, I've heard some cool things about. Well, so I don't know. I guess Disney World wins for the exterior of the castle. A lot of people say it's bigger, it's grander than the one you see in Disneyland. But Disneyland actually has like a walkthrough attraction where there's like animatronics and paintings and all this stuff. And you don't really get that at Disney World. But those murals that she did in the Cinderella Castle at, in Walt Disney World in Florida, those are amazing. Like I find myself when you do get the chance to walk through, it's not just like a path. Right? I'm not just using it to get to the next thing. I will stop and look at those things because they're beautiful. Like they're, it's really, it's a really interesting way to see the story of Cinderella. And a lot of people, when they think of murals, right, they automatically think of like the Mary Blair one or that you have over in um, temporary. Uh, temporary. But if you've never done it, if just because you weren't lucky enough, you didn't know it was there, you definitely got to go look at it because it is, it's breathtaking. It's a great, it's a great spot to just stop and appreciate what these Imagineers can do. And you know what's so wild about that mural? Is you figure it's all these little stones and tiles, but those characters look like the characters in the movie. Like, there's right. no irrefutable, like, it. it's spot right. on. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, they're not, I like, little imagine. deformed or something from a stone right? getting out of place. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's insane. Like, yeah. to have it be that precise. Yeah. And you got to imagine how many times do you think they chipped out Cinderella's face and like to redo it. You know, like I can only imagine. I think I think they copied it in Tokyo, right? Isn't Tokyo's castle basically yeah. like a replica of this one? But is it is it bigger or is Shanghai the bigger one? It's it's the Shanghai's same size. The, the same size. So Shanghai's the biggest, yeah. but it's like a replica. And they they did they brought the mural over and everything. It's like the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to be in Tokyo listening, you can actually go see that mural. I just thought of t-shirt design. So Annie, Annie's like, Jeff, Jeff don't give it away. <laughs> no, I just found it. Annie. A t-shirt is not. I don't know why. It. It's insane. That's insane. Hashtag, it's insane. That's Annie. <laughs> and we all that, have. We all. Yeah, we love that. That's we insane. If, if yeah, no, if we ever live stream, oh. and we all have, let's say we have merch beneath the thing. <laughs> I and feel like people, fever dream is more of our word. Fever dream. <laughs> fever dream. But also fever dream, that's insane. That's an anti-colloquialism. This, this is I love true. that. Also so big eggs, girly. Bobby Iggs. Bobby Iggs. Bobby Iggs. <laughs> but you gotta like stretch the eggs out. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, and mine is like plethora of things. Yeah, pick me apart, no problem. But I'm like, ooh, I love that. I'm like, Matt, you're next. <laughs> okay. Did you know that the murals in Cinderella's castle are the glass is fused with 14 karat gold? Mm -hmm. that, that beautiful, like it's crazy, that reflective shimmer. It's great. It's a I'm telling yeah. you, I literally like I spend time in that little hallway just looking at everything. It's amazing. I can't imagine. 
the talk that went on between Walt and Roy for that one. Because you figure Roy really fought the whole golden spire on the castle. <laughs> so I can't imagine Roy then finding out that they speckled 14 karat gold within those tiles. <laughs> Maybe it was the leftover from the spire and they were just trying to use Maybe. it somewhere. Maybe it. Walt was like, I got all this extra. And he's like, give it. Extra gold laying around. What can we do with it? I just throw it in that mural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, honestly, you never know. Right? Well, speaking, speaking of murals, uh, when we were talking about Mary Blair, right, the, the famous mural in the contemporary, mm -hmm. one of the things that I always found fascinating about that one is the five-legged goat. You guys <laughs> know the, the five-legged goat in, on the mural? Yes. So, like, you, like, look at it, and you're like, this is, like, a work of perfection. Like, he, she took all this time and made it, and it's so intricate and huge and beautiful. And then you're like, but why does that goat have five legs, right? You're like, why does that exist? And I... I had always noticed that my wife pointed it out to me the first time. And I was like, yeah, why Like, why didn't Disney fix that? Why did they allow a five-legged goat? And then, you know, it wasn't until the, the podcast really where I started to do more of a deep dive into some of this stuff. And I was like, oh, she, she did that on purpose, right? So even something that looks like it was wrong was done for a reason. It's still technically perfect because that's how – she intended it to be. She said it was to like just show that human error is real and it exists and it's something you live with and you can appreciate. You don't have to always hide it or you know chisel Cinderella's face away and redo it. You can have that five-legged goat. So there's another one for you. You do a little you know, mirror scavenger hunt. You know what's interesting with that is in the Morocco Pavilion, um, none of the murals you'll find in there, if you figure all the mosaics and murals in that pavilion, um, all of them will have a small imperfection in it because they believe that only, you know, God can create um, perfection. Yep. So uh, it's almost like that same concept, like thrown over there to Mary Blair. That's like a whole, that's a whole episode of how, detailed a lot of those pavilions are to honor the culture mm -hmm. of those you know those those respective places but yeah it's true they, they disney is they know what they're doing they're, they even if you think it's a mistake they know what they're doing i mean when you're talking about the pavilions didn't they even make like the tower of terror to blend in with morocco they did right yeah yep. they did they know what they're across the lake that. Yeah. And same with um there's the mural going up to the land. You'll see there's one green tile towards the towards the doors of the land. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not supposed to be there. Like it does not fit with the rest of it. But the artists put it there as a signature. Like they were signing there. All right, Bar Barry, we gotta do an episode <laughs> on murals and mosaics in Disney World, but later I on. I think that's I think that's the I think that's the, odd signs, yeah. that's yeah. the only answer, you know. <laughs> But anyway, I think that pretty much encaptures all these amazing ladies. Um, well, many more. There's many right, more to come. Uh, right. Um, this is just the first bit of it. Um, we have some really cool guests coming on in the next couple episodes. And then we have some more um, ladies that we're going to be talking about, which is super fun and exciting. Um, so we hope you guys kind of join along in the next four episodes with us. Um, and we thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sharing the Magic. As always, hit that follow button to stay up to date on the latest episodes and tell your friends to tune in wherever they listen to awesome podcasts like this one. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Sharing the Magic Pod. 
Until next time, keep sharing the magic. We are not an affiliate of the Walt Disney Company, nor do we speak for the brand or the company. Any and all Disney-owned audio clips, likeness, and characters are their property and theirs alone.